Hello, I'm Joe Collins, and welcome to See Me Church. Our mission is to love God and neighbor one household at a time. We are a group of ordinary people who believe in the extraordinary message of Jesus Christ. So no matter who you are or what your story, we're glad you're here. You know, last week we met in person for the first time in some 13 weeks. And I got to tell you, it was incredible to see, people's, to see people face to face again and enjoy some great time of fellowship with one another. Now you might notice that this week we're returning to our online church service format. And that's for two reasons. One, we're still trying to work out some of the kinks uh, of meeting in person on a regular basis. And we hope to do that in the next couple of weeks. But secondly, I have a very special video sermon that I want to share with you from our dear brother, Prakesh Dasaw. Many of you may remember him as he's visited Simi Church in the past, but he's the brother who leads the church in Kolkata, India. And a few weeks back, we took a special offering for the church in Kolkata in lieu of the uh, in, in response to the COVID-19 shutdown that is affecting some parts of the world very severely. So at that time, I had asked Prakesh to send me uh, a sermon. I invited him to speak to the church and give us an update on how things are going in India and how the money we donated is being put to use. So he did that. He sent it to me last week. Now, it is a Father's Day sermon. He, he thought I would show it last week, but because we had a chance to meet in person last week, I decided uh, to hold on to it till today. And besides, fathers can always use another Sunday to encourage them. But his message goes well beyond a Father's Day message. It's a great lesson about God and his love for us. And I know you'll be greatly encouraged by it. After Prakash's lesson, we all come back and we're going to take communion together as a church uh, in our homes. Then we'll close out with a few announcements and we'll be done. But before we go anywhere, I want to open up with a time of prayer. Let's go to God in prayer. Good morning, Simi Church. This is Phil Awesome coming to you this morning with a prayer. I'm super grateful for Joe asking me to participate this morning, as this is one of the last services that the Awesome family will be joining regularly with Simi Church. As many of you are aware, my family has agreed to join me on an adventure up here in Bellingham, Washington, rehabilitating a home. And we're looking forward to meeting with the Bellingham Church, the Donatellos, and getting to know disciples up here as well. Our home is still in Simi, though. We love all of you deeply and are so grateful for the impact that you've had in our lives over the years. Please join me as I pray. And I'll be praying a prayer from Philippians 1, 9, 11. God, I am grateful for this church. I'm grateful for you calling my family to be disciples at just the right time. 27-ish years ago, uh, super grateful to have my kids grow up in Simi Valley and participate and build friendships with so many amazing disciples. And God, I pray for the church now. And as Paul said, this is my prayer, that your love for may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. God, thank you for this church. I pray that you bless us, bless the church, take care of us, protect us over the coming months, protect those that are hurting, comfort them. God, we're really grateful to be a part of your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great worship service, Simi.
morning. I bring greetings from Kolkata, India. Thank you very much for joining us this morning for our Sunday worship. Uh, today is the 21st of June 2020 and the world over uh, we celebrate the Father's Day and that's what I want to talk about this morning about God being a perfect father. But before I go ahead I just want to uh, look at the year 2020 has been a year of adventure, a year of testing of our faith. You know, we had this pandemic, COVID-19, uh, COVID and that has affected uh, many people's lives, has affected the economy of the country. Uh, many have lost jobs and are hurting. And because of that, uh, it has impacted uh, their lifestyle. They have, uh, it's hurting them in ways uh, that has never been imagined before. And not only that, we, as we had the pandemic in, in Calcutta, we also had a cyclone, the worst cyclone of the century, where we had the wind uh, at 165 kilometers an hour hitting our city and completely destroying most parts of the cities, breaking down our, our internet connection, the electric city, uh, the power supply, uh, the the transport system, whatever was there, destroying many properties and buildings. So that was a disaster that we faced. But not only that, and we had another attack, and then we had an attack of locust uh, in the north part of India, New Delhi, and our neighboring state, where a huge locust came and destroyed crops and uh, and food and and food crops. And that was a disaster. And so sometimes you wonder, you know, what is happening? It's 2020. We are re-seeing the plagues of the Egyptians, uh, what happened in the, in the Old Testament. You know, sometimes, you know, we want to pray that, God, can you uninstall 2020 as there is a bug in it? Uh, we want to forget. We want to forget what has happened in the first five months of this year. We want it to get over with. We want to move on with our lives uh, in 2020. Uh, we want to look forward to a better 2020, the better, the second half of 2020. And that is something that, uh, uh, you know, we all hope for, that the first half has not been great, but hopefully the second half will be better. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, in all things God works for the good of those who love him. You know, sometimes you wonder, you know, what good can come out of this? And we can only wait and see. At this time, I also want to thank you in a very special way for the Simi Church who came forward to help out the, the, the Calcutta Church and the neighboring states. Uh, I know you felt for it. You heard the need of the, of the disciples. And out of your own willing heart, just coming forward, uh, in spite of all the challenges that you are facing, to give to the disciples and thank you for raising up 4,120 US dollars and with that money we were able to help more than 50 families in Kolkata and many more in the neighboring state uh, by providing them with food, by providing them with uh, just the day-to-day -day groceries so that they can take care of themselves and they can take care of the families uh, for people to buy even uh, the fuel to cook because some of them had food but they did not have the fuel to cook the gas cylinder and so we helped them to buy gas cylinder so that they could at least have food in one case we also helped a disciple uh, because of the cyclone their roof 
blew away and so we helped them to put temporary roof with the money that you gave us and so just want to thank you so much for your generosity as of up till now we have spent more than 2700 uh, usd from the money you gave us and the remaining money uh, will be used in the next uh, few weeks and few months as the need arises because so many people have lost job they are not being called back to their jobs they are not being paid for the last couple of months and as the need increases whatever remaining money uh, that has left over of the money that you've given us we want to make sure that the basic needs of all the disciples are taken care of and at this point i just want to tell you uh, thank you thank you thank you for your generosity for your kindness and for your caring heart as i said today the 21st of june is celebrated the fathers day all around the world and fathers play a very important role in the life of children the dictionary meaning of father is a man who provides and protects but the dictionary cannot explain the emotional impact a father has on a child when we see when there is an absence of father we see the impact on the children that goes that affects them for their lifetime and if i have to describe our father as your earthly father you know we would have different experiences of what a earthly father could be maybe we had a father who was demanding or abusive controlling distracted was there but not there not involved impossible to please absent a few lucky ones would able to say that yes they had a kind loving and caring father our relationship on with our earthly father deeply affects our relationship with god you know when i think about my life you know i grew up with a father who was a good provider he made sure that he provided us with good the food clothing shelter but he was not available for us he was the absent father he was there but he was not there and so emotionally we never connected to each other and we would only talk if there was a need to talk otherwise you know he would have his own schedule he would go to work in the morning come back in the evening rest for some time then go to meet his friends you know drink along with them then come back in the night go to sleep get up in the morning and continue and so we barely saw each other or we were there for one another or we involved in each other's life you know and so for me it is hard to connect with father i know my god loves me intellectually but when it comes to my heart i find it sometimes hard to connect sometimes i find it hard to do god does god really love me and i go through this feeling of what more do i need to do for god to accept me for god to love me on the other hand when i think of my wife joy she had an incredible relationship with her father she had a very emotionally close bond with her father so she walks around thinking that god loves her you know knows that god loves her and you know uh, has the best for her and so she doesn't find that hard to connect with her with with god the way i find it at times you know there was a survey that was done there was an experiment that was done in one of the the prisons in the us and what they did was they uh, on the fathers there on the mothers day they told all the inmates of the prison that if you want to send a card to your mother all you have to do is ask for it 
you'll be given a card and you can write on the card and it will even be posted for you and so 90% of the inmates ask for the card and uh, send the card to the Mother's Day. When they saw the incredible uh, the success of this uh, on the Mother's Day, they decided to do the same thing on the Father's Day. And so they told all the inmates on the Father's Day as well that if you want to send a card to your father, all you have to do is ask for it and it will be given to you and even be posted for you. And the amazing thing is not even one inmate in the prison asked for the card on the Father's Day. And the reason was most of them did not even know who their father was. Most of them had an absent father. Most of them had an abusive father. Most of them didn't even know who their father was. And because they had no presence of father, no influence of father, you know, they ended up doing all the wrong things and ended up being in prison. You know, our image of God can get distracted based on what role our earthly father plays in our life. And our earthly father, no matter how good they are, cannot even cl come close in comparison to our heavenly father. And today, I want to give you a brief description about how awesome our father is. We might, you might have a great role model in the in your earthly father or you might have a terrible role model but today I want to share with you the incredible image of our heavenly father and it is in Luke chapter 15. Let's turn our Bible to Luke 15 and we know this, uh, this passage as the parable of the lost son in our Bible. In the past it was called the parable of the prodigal son. But in fact, it should be called the parable of the prodigal father, not the prodigal son. Meaning, the word prodigal basically means being lavish, being extravagant, being, you know, uh, and that's what we see about this father, that this father was an extravagant, he lavished and showed unconditional love and grace and forgiveness on his son who had strayed away. So the parable shows the heart of the father and the heart of God. And so it is not so much about the son as so much about the parable is about the father. So let's turn our Bible there and let's look at the heart of, of God who is a heavenly father. In Luke chapter 15, we'll read one onwards. Uh, verse, sorry, verse 11 onwards. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. So we'll stop here for a minute. It says that there was a father who had two sons. And if you look at this, if you know, we know this parable, uh, the older one was the responsible one. But also, he was the self-righteous, proud, arrogant, and very jealous. But then there was the younger one, who was the rebellious one, and also very sinful. You know, you and me fall into one of those two categories. Either we are the, like the elder son, we come across self-righteous or we can be the rebellious one like the younger son. Right? So, in verse 12, the younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of estate. You know, the first thing that we see about a father in this parable is a father who is approachable. A father who is approachable. This son could go up to his father and say what he wanted. In the Jewish custom, 
you know you do not go up to your father and ask for your inheritance you wait till your father dies to get your inheritance when the son is asking for a for his inheritance indirectly is telling his father that you are no longer my father you're dead to me let me take my share of the inheritance now many of us you know we could not go to our father and say whatever we wanted you know maybe our father was not approachable at least not my father i couldn't go and talk to him about anything and so most of the time i ended up keeping it in my own heart the amazing thing is jesus made it so easy for us to approach god as our father the jewish people would never call god as their father but it was jesus who taught us to call god as abba our father you know we have a god who is approachable we can come and approach him like this father any time uh, we can come into his presence any time of the day and night in any part of the world and talk to him in any language and even when you're alone he is there with us you know maybe our earthly father was not approachable but god our heavenly father is approachable he can be approached anytime anywhere all we have to do is just go into his presence in verse 12 he says so he divided his property between them the second quality we see about the father is a father who is fair a father who is fair the according to the jewish custom whenever the the, the property or the inheritance was given you know the eldest son would get double portion that means in this case the the younger one would get one third of the share of the property of the father and the older one would get the two third of the share of the property we see over here that when the father when the son asked him for his share the bible says that the father divided his property the way it's supposed to and gave it to him he was being fair and that is something that we see about god god is a fair god he is a righteous judge in him there is no favoritism many times we see favoritism shown in we have seen favoritism shown in our life maybe you have even seen our parents show favoritism to the other other siblings but god is fair now if god if if god is fair then sometimes we wonder then why is there a big divide between the rich and the poor why is there a big divide between the educated and the uneducated the first world and the third world uh, the color of our skin why are we so different why do we look different why are there not equal opportunities for everyone and for us that's what we think fairness is fairness is everybody needs to have an equal opportunity but for god that is not what god looks at as being fair in a god gives the same equal opportunity to have eternal life through jesus christ every person no matter who you are where you live what family background you come from how educated you are how rich or poor you are what language you speak you know we all have the same opportunity to get right with god to be saved to have an eternal life with jesus god is fair in his judgment he does not show favoritism even though your earthly father might have not been fair to you and sometimes we think god is just like my earthly father not fair 
God is fair. We see the father gave the property. He didn't have to. It was his property. He could have just told the son, No, I will not give it to you. You can get away, get lost. But he did not do that. The third thing we see over here in verse 13. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set up for a distant country, and they squandered his wealth in wild living. The third quality we see about a father in this parable is a father who is not controlling or overbearing. You know, I am sure that this father would have tried his best to talk to the son about not making foolish decisions, not making unwise decisions. I am sure he must have had in more than once trying to convince him, yes, take the property, but use it wisely. But in the end, we see over here that he gave his son the freedom to choose. He gave his son the freedom to make mistakes. He knew that his son had to either learn from conversation or he had to learn from consequences. And many times we try to protect our children. We don't want them to make mistakes. We don't want them to get hurt. But when we are overprotective, when we are, you know, it, it hurts them. And God is in the same way with us. Is God gives us the free will either to choose or not to choose the things that he desires and that he has commanded us. The younger son chose not to be with his father because by choosing to be with his father, it meant he had to be abide by his father's rules. He had to listen to his father. He had to be under the protection of the father and he did not want it. He wanted freedom. He wanted to be free from his father's rule. You know, many times, you know, we are just like that. We want freedom. But we don't realize that freedom comes with responsibility. If we choose to follow God, then we have to do what he says. In John chapter 14, verse 15, he says, If you love me, you will obey what I command. So, God is not a controlling God. He is not a God who is overbearing. Let's read further in uh, 14 onwards. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired hands, servants, have food to spare, and here I am, starving to death. The fourth quality that we see about this father was a father who cared for his family. A father who cared for his family, who met the needs of his family. While after spending all that he had, he was in need. And when he was in need, the Bible said the son remembered not only that the hired servant had food to eat, but they also had food to spare, more than what they needed. He remembered how generous his father was. He had good memories of his father. It was a lasting impression that in his time, in his downtime, he remembered the goodness of his father. He saw that his father treated his servant better 
than the world was treating him at that point of time. He saw that his father was someone who took care of his oikos, his extended family members. You know, that's what a God is. He takes care of us. He takes care of our needs. He is a provider. He is a protector. All these years of our life, if you notice, you know, God has taken care of our needs. He has met our needs. Even though there are things that we have never asked for, He knows our needs even before we know it. When we look at the Old Testament, we see that God took care of the rebellious Israelites for 40 years. He walked with them. He washed over them. Even though they rebelled, He made sure that He provided them with food. Uh, he provided them with protection. He provided them with shelter. If God can do that to the rebellious nation of Israelites, you know, He will take care of you and you and me. He knows our needs. Number five. What are the fifth thing we see about God or the Father in this parable? In verse 18 onward, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of our hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The fifth quality we see about this father was a father who had compassion. The father who had compassion. You know, it, it looks like this father every single day would be looking for the return of his younger son. Desiring for his younger son to come. Waiting to see at a distance his boy coming back. Longing to see his son back. And the Bible says that when he at last we don't know after how long, but it, when he did see his son coming back, the first thing it says over here, he was filled with compassion. Not hatred, not anger, not bitterness, not hurt, but compassion. The, he saw the condition of his son, broken, in pain, hurt, and lost. And when person is hurt, broken down, broken hurt, loss, when the person is down and out, that's not the time when he needs somebody to beat on him and push him down. That's the time when he needs someone to pull, pull him up, stretch out our hand and pull him up. And that's exactly what this father did. He was filled with compassion. That's how God our Father is. You know, God our Father he always cares for us. He's full of compassion. When we reach out to Him, He doesn't come with a rod, but He stretches out a hand to help us, to lift up us. He picks us up. He cares for us. All that He desires is for us to come back to Him. And that's what I had to take. This boy had to come back for his father to reach out to him. The sixth thing we see over here is the father who initiates the relationship. If you notice over here in verse 20, it says not only he was filled with compassion, the Bible says he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. A father who initiates relationship. You know, this father had every right at this point of time to disown this son, reject him and drive him away. He had already taken his inheritance. There was nothing more left for him back at home. 
but what we see is rather the father running away from the boy or driving the boy away we see this father running towards the boy we don't know how old this father is i'm sure this boy was pretty old. the father was pretty old but that's what love does love makes you do things he ran towards his son not away from his son he initiated the relationship with his son and that's what god did with us you know we were lost in us in the bible says we were dead in our sin and god initiated a relationship with you and me by sending jesus to die on the cross he initiated the relationship we did not initiate the relationship he desired the relationship he wanted the relationship he wanted to be with us and so he sent jesus to reconcile us with him a father who initiates the relationship we thank you so much for god for reaching out and initiating a relationship we did not even know that we needed a relationship we did not even know that we were lost till we till we saw jesus on this earth with his message it says over here that he threw his arms around him and kissed him embraced his dirty smelly rebellious son and kissed him nothing at this point mattered to the father the smell the dirt nothing what was important was that he got his son back the relationship is restored the relationship can only be restored by the person who got hurt when he forgives not by the person who hurts and we see over here the father reaching out to his son and forgiving him and embracing him and accepting him the way he is god restored his relationship with you and me through jesus it was 21 onwards the son said to him father i have sinned against heaven and against you i am no longer worthy to be called your son but the father said to his servant quick bring the best robe and put it on him put a ring on his finger and sandal on his feet the seventh quality that we see in this father is a father who does not condemn the father who does not condemn you know even as this son comes to him he had rehearsed what is going to say to his father he knows that his he is no longer eligible to be the son because he already taken the inheritance and so at this point of time he is asking forgiveness from his father he says i've sinned against heaven i am no longer worthy to be called your son and the next thing that he was about supposed to say his rehearsed message was take me as your hired servant but the father doesn't even allow him to get there in verse 22 before he could say anything further the bible says the father said to his servant quick bring the best robe and put it on him put the ring on his finger and sandals on his feet no long lectures of condemnation no words of condemnation no i told you so no bitterling no me no mean words spoken to him but if you notice over your words of comfort words of acceptance unconditional acceptance by the father to the son and that is what we see about god as our father you know when we come back to him You know there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus the Bible says that he loves us and accepts us and when he accepts us he doesn't accept us as a hired servant 
He accepts us as his child. He adopts us into his family as his son and daughter. And a father who does not condemn. You know, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And even God doesn't condemn us. When we come to our senses, when we repent for our sin, and you want to turn back to him, he accepts us. You know, he doesn't look at uh, what we say and how we say it and what did we did we really mean what we are saying are we really broken you know he takes us at a face value number eight the father says quick bring the best robe and put it on him put the ringer on his uh, ring on his finger and sandal on his feet you know a father we see over your father who restores the relationship not only is the father who initiated the relationship, but he restored the relationship. What did he do over here? We see over here that he restored him back to the family. He restored him to the status of his son. No asking how he spent the hard-earned money. No asking him what did he do with all the wealth. What did he do with all the inheritance. No asking back all the wealth. No asking the condition that I will accept you provided you give me back all that you took it. The, all that the father cared was that his son was dead but is now alive. He's gone, he's back again. Nothing mattered to him than his son coming back. And that is what, how God feels about us. You know, God restores his relationship with us to the blood of Jesus. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, when he shed the blood on the cross, there was a restoration where we became slave to sin, we became slave to righteousness. Where we, we, we were prisoners of sin and prison of Satan, we became the children of God. Thank you so much for the restoration process. The Father who restores. In a God restores our relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. Number nine, in verse 23. Bring the fattened calf and kill. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. The ninth thing that we see over here is the father who loves celebration. The father who loves celebration. What did he do? As soon as he saw that he not only restored him back to be his son, there was rejoicing. There, he said, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's feast and there was celebration with the son who was lost, who had walked away, come back. In verse 24 he says, For the son of man was dead and alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to say. You know, God loves celebration. The Bible says that there is celebration in heaven when every soul repents and turns back to God. It looks like there's a big party in heaven over every repentance and baptism. A father who loves celebration. This father was so overjoyed that he was willing to have an incredible celebration and call everyone to be a part of the celebration. Let's look at the last thing and we can look at the, the tenth thing. Meanwhile, the oh, verse 24 Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What was going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf 
because he has him back safe and sound. The older son became angry. Older brother became angry and refused to go in. Looks like his brother was hurt by what his brother had done, younger brother had done. So his father went out and pleaded with him. He answered to his father, Look all these years, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your others. Yet you never gave me even a young girl so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who had squandered your property with prostitutes, you see over here, he doesn't even know. He has not even got inside. He doesn't know the condition of the son. All he does is assume the worst about his younger brother. And that's so many times we do that. We assume the worst about others rather than assuming the best. And so he, he assumed that he squandered his wealth. He doesn't know. He, he squandered his wealth with what? With prostitute and comes home and you kill a fattened calf for him. And what is it? In fact, indirectly he's saying, it is not fair. Isn't that something that we so often use? This is not fair. And in verse 31, look at the response. My, my God, the, uh, my son, the father said, You're, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. So the first thing that he tells his son is, hey, you, you have not left me. You and me have been together. But also, everything that the father had belonged to the second son because the younger son had already taken his inheritance. So everything right now that the, son, the father had belonged to the younger one. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours is dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. You know, the tenth thing we see over here is the patience of this father. Patient to explain to his younger son who was struggling with anger and hurt and bitterness. Reassuring him that you know what, with the younger son coming, nothing changes. With the younger son coming back doesn't mean that you know you are no longer important. With the younger son coming back doesn't mean that you know now whatever inheritance is there, you know, he is also going to get a share of it. He's reassuring him. That you know what? Nothing changes between you and me. Just because the younger son has come back. You know, we see a father who is patient. And I think about God is a very patient God. You know, he's patient with us. He is patiently waiting for us to come back. If he wanted, he could have punished us, destroyed us, killed us. The very first time we had committed sin, the very first time we did wrong, if he was a condemning God, a God who was looking to punish his people, he could have destroyed it the very first time he did something wrong. But we see over here that he was patient. And that's what God is. God is patient. And the reason he's patient is because he is waiting for us to come back to him. So today, you know, that's the God we worship. This parable gives us the glimpse, a little glimpse, a picture, a clear picture about who our father in heaven is and so let's not get our picture of God distorted by the image we have of our earthly father in our mind I know in my case it has affected my relationship with God because I look at God through the lens of my earthly father and I have to constantly remind myself that that is not who my godly father is so today we learned 10 things about the Father. God is an approachable God. 
You know, we can approach him any time. Number two, he is fair. You know, God does not show favoritism. Number three, you know, he is not a controlling and overbearing God. He will allow you to make a choice whether to choose him or not to choose him. That's a choice that he gives you and me. And if we decide to walk away, he will give us that opportunity. He will give us the permission to walk away. He will allow us to walk away. And of course, when we walk away, it hurts him. But also, when we walk away, we also have to face the consequences of our choices. Just like this boy had to face the consequences of walking away from, the, from his father, from the security of his father. Number four is God is the son who he meets the needs of his family. God has been meeting our needs. He is meeting our needs even through my brothers and sisters from the LA Church. Thank you so much. You know, he is a God who will meet our needs. We got to go into his presence. Number five, is the, our God is a compassionate God. He cares for us. He feels for us. He, he, he is someone who, is, who hurts when we are hurt. Nothing hurts him more than we hurting. And nothing makes him overjoyed than for him to see us coming into his presence, being his children. Number six, God is a, a God who initiates relationship. He is the one who had initiated a relationship, reached out to us because he wanted to spend the eternity with us. And he reached out by sending Jesus on this earth to show us the way as Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me you know we can't be in a relationship without being in a relationship with Jesus number seven a God is a God who does not condemns there is no condemnation in through Jesus you know we have been condemned maybe by a physical father the little mistakes that we have made you know we have been uh, abused and put down and talked down by and condemned but God does not condemn us number eight you know God is in the business of restoring relationship and he restores his relationship with us through Jesus Christ and the relationship that he restored is not to the to a master and a slave but to a father and a child and that's the relationship that we share with God our father that's the reason we have the privilege of calling me as father not as master we have the privilege of calling ourselves his children and calling Jesus our brother. Number nine is that God loves celebration. He loves to celebrate. And the thing that he loves to celebrate is always repentance and baptism. Every soul that is saved, there is celebration. We see the Father celebrating, inviting everybody. He wanted everybody to be part of the celebration because his son has come back. And the last thing we see over here is that we see a, a God who is patient with us. He is patiently waiting for us. And in case we are not in a right relationship with God, He's patiently waiting for us to come back before we hurt ourselves more. Like the son, he already wasted his inheritance, but when he came back, he was accepted. And that's the God we worship. That's the Father we have. And I, we worship that Father. I hope and we pray that our image of God by reading this parable will clarify and bring clarity and bring that emotional connection with him that we desire. Thank you very much. God bless you. I hope you learned something. 
Please continue to keep us in your prayers as we pray for you. Amen. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's I want to thank Macash for doing such a great job this morning. At this time, we're going to take communion. It's a time to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All you need is some matzah and some grape juice. At Simi Church, we believe the Bible is the best source of truth in our world today. In it, we learn that Jesus is Lord, that he lived a sinless life, died on a cross, and rose to life again on the third day. And it's in this belief that we do everything. As Prakash ended his lesson in Luke chapter 15, verse 31, which reads, My son... The Father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because the, this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. I want to remind you that communion is not only a time to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but it's also an opportunity to celebrate our death, burial, and resurrection in Jesus Christ. You see, every one of us at one point was a lost son who was found again. And because of that, God and the angels in heaven celebrate, and so should we as we take communion. I'm going to say a prayer. Afterwards, there's going to be a, uh, several minutes of some music and a slideshow uh, from, the video, from, the, from the pictures from uh, Kolkata, India, during which you can take the bread and the cup in remembrance of Jesus Christ, and you can spend some time meditating on his life, burial, and resurrection. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the incredible sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and for what it means to each and every one of us, that our sins have been forgiven, that we have been restored to a new and right relationship with you once again, that, we've been, that we were once lost and we've now been found. We thank you so very much for your incredible love for each and every one of us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. But which will lead us to His grace There's a fight that's worth the fighting To bring the truth to everyone But there are wrongs that need some righting There's some love that's been undone So hold up on the wars that we're waging Hold up on the storm that is raging that you're making hold off hold off and hold on to the hope that's been waiting hold on to the faith that is saving hold on to the love that's unfailing hold on hold on to
pretending then that your heart's not filled with anger and the expectations never met the disappointments and regrets it's hard to let it go i just can't take it For some reason you were not able to take communion at this time, please make sure you do so later today. So we want Simi Church to be your church, your family's church, and your neighbor's church. If you want to know more, connect with the person who told you about us, or feel free to contact me directly. My information is on our website. If you like what we're doing at Simi Church, please consider giving today. We are a member-supported fellowship by people like me. You can give online at simi.church or by texting Church to 77977. I also want to remind our members to be engaging our worlds for Christ. You can do this by praying for, investing in, and being Jesus to the people you know.
And don't forget to invite them to See Me Church. You can do so by sharing the link to our website and our social media outlets. And don't forget to tell them to like us and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to being again with you next week. God bless. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never Good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you, it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, and I've seen many searching for it.